Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. We have so much to celebrate here at NCC with what God is doing. And man, we're excited for how we're continuing to see growth in your life, how God is moving us forward, even as we've talked about in Made for More and how God is changing us and challenging us to grow and, and encouraging us and Man, I want to celebrate everyone that's walking through the Bible reading plan with us. And we're hearing story after story every week of how God is using that to encourage your life, to challenge you to grow. Some of you, for the very first time, you said, hey, Pastor Aaron, I've never read through the whole Bible. I've wanted to for a while, but now that our church is doing it, you're jumping in with us. And we're excited about that, what God is going to do in our life. And, and I want to say this, I want to encourage you, um, as we read through God's word, if there's ever a point early in the morning, late at night, whenever you're reading that, that you come across a passage and you're saying, God, I have no idea what you're talking about here. I don't know what this means. Um, we as the church family, we want to do this together. You're not doing it by yourself. And so I want to encourage you, always feel free. You can pick up the phone. You can call one of us as the pastors. You can email in and say, hey, what does Exodus 24 mean? And what are we reading about here? What's God trying to say? We want to help um, you understand what God is speaking to us through his word. And so I want to let you know, never be bashful about that. I've been reading God's word for all of my life now. Um, and there's still times where I'm still asking, okay, am I understanding that right? Like, God, am I, am I hearing what you're saying here? And so we're all continuing to grow together. I want to encourage you to feel free to do that um, and ask any questions that you have as we move through God's word together and as we understand that. Because we've said this year, scripture is going to shape my life. That's the declaration we've made. Scripture is going to shape my life. And so as we read God's word, we're believing that, that every day he's challenging us with something new. He's showing us something different about who he is and what he wants us to do as we live out our faith in who God is. And so we've been in this series for the past number of weeks talking about this, who are you? And we've been looking at the life of people in the Bible, Abraham, all the way back at the beginning in creation, um, Noah, a number of different people, and we've examined their life. And we've seen through pain, through trials, through joyous moments, how God is shaping their life. And as we look at their story, we're looking at our story. We're looking at our weeks and our months and saying, God, what is it that you're speaking to us about? What is it that you're challenging us to do? What, how do you want us to live out our faith? And so we've looked at this as we've been walking through scripture together. And last week we talked about the life of a person named Joseph. Now, in case you're not familiar with who Joseph is, I'll give you a quick snapshot of what we talked about last week. Joseph was born into a large family, had 11 brothers, one sister. His brothers um, were jealous because of dreams that God had given Joseph that one day Joseph would rule over them. He was the youngest but God said, hey, through these dreams, one day you're going to be a leader in your household. I'm going to make you someone great. And his brothers, because they were jealous, ended up selling their brother into slavery. They sold him into slavery. Joseph was taken to Egypt. He was placed in, the man, in a man named Potiphar's house who was captain of Pharaoh's guards. And there Joseph was. 
God's hand was on Joseph, though. And so even as a slave, he was elevated to lead and to be over all of Potiphar's household. Then one day, Joseph was lied about, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. He was imprisoned. And so once again, it looks like, man, something devastating has happened, but God's hand is with Joseph. And before too long, the, the leader of the prison, the, the warden, sees God's hand over Joseph's life and elevates him so that everything that's happening in that prison is under Joseph's command. And Joseph still has this dream. He hasn't seen it come to pass as a slave. He's been elevated. Now in the prison, he's been elevated. But he believes that God has something more for his life. And I want us to look at this idea this morning of the second half of Joseph's story and what God did to bring this story to completion. It's an amazing story. You know, as I was reading this this week, I was thinking about something that happened in my life. Whenever Sarah and I were married just for about two years, we moved from Texas to Illinois, and it was our first youth pastor. Um, we were over a group of students. It was a tiny youth group, like six or seven students. And one day we got a call from our lead pastor, and he said, hey, Aaron, there's a new student that's been coming to the youth group, and there were only six of them, so we knew all of them, and we said, yeah, and his name was Sean. And he said, hey, I just got a phone call um, from the correctional facility, the juvenile correctional facility. They've brought Sean in because I think it, some drug charges or some different things. And we found out whenever Sean gets out of the juvenile center, he doesn't have a place to go. His parents have kicked him out of his home. He doesn't have a place to stay. And so he said, hey, I want you to just ask around the church, see if there's anyone that would be willing to take Sean in. And as Sarah and I began to talk, we realized, hey, we have an extra room in our house. We could possibly do this. Like we could invite Sean into our home. We just had been married a short amount of time. We had um, a little baby. Josiah was just really young at that point, but we decided to take that leap. We felt like that's what God was saying. We invited Sean into our house. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have ever raised teenagers, and it's a difficult task, isn't it? If you have teenagers, you know that, okay? Imagine raising a teenager that's not yours and how hard that is. Because Sean, man, he had so many issues, was rough around so many edges. If you've had your teenager, you know that conflict that is there. And so we're trying to do our best to help Sean out, but Sean didn't know how to wash his laundry. And so every time we're walking, we're like stepping over all the clothes saying, Sean, you got to get this stuff in there. Um, hadn't been taught good hygiene. Sean's room smelled different than every other room in the house. And, and I hated going in his room, but I'm telling like, hey, Sean, man, you got to work on this. Like you got to get a job, like trying to teach him all of these life skills. It was so difficult. And there were times when Sean was at work or when he was in his room late at night that I would just look at Sarah and say, what are we doing? Like, how are we doing this? Painful conversations that we had to have with him because Sean had been raised and for the past 16 or 17 years of his life, he had just known brokenness. He had not had a solid family life. He had moved from place to place. There was so much brokenness and even abuse in his life. And it was so difficult. We were going through that pain with him and trying to help him grow and become an adult and get out on his own and, and be a stable individual. It was so difficult and so painful at moments. I thought, God, are we even making an impact in his life? And I look back at all of those conversations. And if you fast forward in our life 16 years later to where we're at right now, and I've shared with you guys a number of years ago, God blessed our family in such a tremendous way. We adopted three kids and we invited them to be a part of our house forever, to be a part of our forever family. And two of them are sitting right down here on the front row, these beautiful kids. 
that God has blessed us with. And I look back over all of those painful moments and I didn't know it at the time, but God was preparing us for something. God was doing something in our life that I thought, man, I'm not equipped to do. I don't know how I'm gonna handle this. I don't know, God, even if I'm making a difference, God knew exactly what it was doing. I couldn't see it at the time. I couldn't see it 16 years ago, but now I look back and I see this church. I see this powerful truth that God had a plan. And when we see God's plan, when we start to understand, when we trust God with the plan that he has for our life, it brings purpose even to our painful moments. Church, when you see God's plan for your life, you can look back at the difficult things that you've been through. And we're gonna see this in Joseph's story that as we see God's plan for our life, it brings purpose to our pain, to those painful moments that we have in our life. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 45. We're gonna start reading at verse one. If you don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in the seat in front of you. It may be one or two seats over and it's on page 23 in that Bible. And I wanna encourage you, you can take that out and flip to page 23 and follow along with us as we look at the life of Joseph. Now, as I mentioned last week, when we left off with Joseph, he was in prison and he didn't see a way out at this point. He's head over the prison and he's helping to lead the prison, but man, he's in a very dark place. This is a very difficult time for him. And one night, God brings two people into this prison who were very close to Pharaoh. One was a baker and one was a cupbearer. One made all of Pharaoh's food and one tasted Pharaoh's cup before he drank anything to make sure no one had poisoned him. And one night they have a dream and they come to Joseph with the dream and Joseph says, man, God has given me the ability to interpret dreams. Here's what your dreams mean. Baker, you've betrayed Pharaoh and it's gonna be found out and you're gonna die. And he looks at the cupbearer and he said, you've been faithful to Pharaoh and God is gonna reward you. Your position is gonna be returned. And then he looks at the cupbearer and he says, can you do this? Can you remember me? I'm not even supposed to be here in prison. I've been wrongfully accused. Can you remember me whenever you go back to Pharaoh? And the cupbearer says, yeah, I'll do that. And the story plays out exactly as Joseph foretold. The baker was found out that he betrayed Pharaoh. His life was ended. The cupbearer was restored to Pharaoh, but he forgot Joseph whenever his position was restored. And then one night, Pharaoh has a dream. And the cupbearer remembers, wait, there was a guy I met in prison that could interpret dreams. And Joseph is brought before Pharaoh. He tells him, hey, this is what your dream means. God's gonna give you six or seven years of abundance, of plenty. You're gonna have so much food and so much wealth. You're not gonna know what to do with it, but it's gonna be followed by seven years of famine, seven years of devastation. God's told you this, Pharaoh, so that you'll prepare for it. Pharaoh, find someone wise. Find someone that can lead through these times so that they'll store up in the years of plenty so that you'll have enough whenever the years of famine come. And Pharaoh says, I found someone, it's you, Joseph. The spirit of God lives in you. And so he elevates, man, a tremendous rags to riches story. One moment, Joseph's in the prison. The next moment, he's in the palace and he is ruling over the empire of Egypt. Second, only in command to Pharaoh. And the story could end there. What an amazing story of how God turned Joseph's life around, but it doesn't stop there. The seven years of plenty come, they store up enough stuff. Joseph is wise, he stores up enough food. They begin to enter into the years of famine and Joseph uses that to sustain the nation. But Joseph's family in Canaan is hungry. 
They haven't had crops in two years and what they did have began to run out. And so his father sends him, sends them down to Egypt, Joseph's 11 brothers. They don't know what's happened to Joseph at this point. They probably think he's dead or he's some slave and come to find out they stand in front of Joseph. And they come a number of times to get food and Joseph never reveals who he is until chapter 45. And this is where we pick up the story. Joseph is now standing once again in front of his brothers. And this is what it says, Genesis 45, verse one. Then Joseph could not control himself before all of those who stood before him. And he asked for everyone to go out from him so that no one stayed with him when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Joseph said to him, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourself because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve your life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. I want you to underline that or highlight that in your Bible. This powerful statement by Joseph, he's looking at his brothers who betrayed him, and he says, for it was not you who sent me here, but it was God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all of the land of Egypt. This is such a powerful testimony, such a powerful story of Joseph's life and what's taking place. And he's standing there in front of his brothers, in front of the young men that betrayed him. And he's seeing them all of these years later who sold him into slavery, his family who was supposed to be close to him. The brothers that he grew up with him, that he assumed loved him and would protect him, had sold him into slavery. Because of that, he had been wrongfully imprisoned, and now this is his first moment to reveal who he is. And Joseph had a lot of options. There was a number of ways that he could have responded in this moment. But he looks at them, and Joseph realizes this was all a part of God's plan. This wasn't his brother's doing. This wasn't something that they had come up with their, on their own. But God had used every tragic moment, every painful turn, every obstacle in Joseph's life, every difficult moment, God had been orchestrating it all to bring salvation, God's protection, God's hand over Joseph's family. And he looks at his brother. He doesn't respond in anger. He doesn't try to make them feel guilty for what they've done. He looks at them. He says, don't be angry, don't be dismayed. God did this. This is the hand of God over my life at every single turn. God has been guiding me and leading me. God has been orchestrating my steps from the person who I got sold to. He put me in Potiphar's house for a reason. I was imprisoned for a reason. I met those two people for a reason and I interpreted their dreams. God has done all of this in his timing, by his leading, by his guidance, this is the hand of God. And Joseph could have responded in a different way than he did. 
He could have felt sorry. He could have looked at his brothers and made them feel guilty and say, do you know what I've been through? Do you know how lonely it was? Do you know, man, how horrible this was? Joseph could have played the victim. Could have thrown himself a pity party. He could have given them all of the reasons how horrible of a person that they were. But Joseph saw God's plan. And as he saw God's plan, it brought purpose even to those painful moments in his life. And he looks at them and he forgives them. He doesn't play the victim because God has made him the victor. God has brought victory in his life. God has orchestrated every step. And now these dreams that Joseph had, the jealousy that was in his brother's hearts, they're seeing it come to pass. God had fulfilled all of that. Joseph could have responded not in self-pity. He could have responded out of anger. He could have looked at them and said, okay, this is my moment now. I was in prison. I worked hard as a slave. I was forgotten. I was all alone. And so now you're going to know what it felt like, what it feels like to be alone, what it felt like to be in that prison cell, that dungeon, all by myself, never knowing what my hope or what future I had. He had the power. He's the second in command in all of Egypt. Anyone will do what he says. Only Pharaoh is more powerful than him. He could have ordered for the guards to rush in and take his brothers away and imprison them, but he doesn't. Why? He sees God's plan, you guys. He he sees God's plan through all of this. And when we see God's plan, it brings purpose even to those painful moments. The question is, do we see God's plan in our life? Church, do you trust God with your life? Do you trust him that he has a plan, that he's orchestrating your steps just as he did with Joseph? Even in those painful moments, even in those dark moments where you're saying, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what direction I'm heading. God, it seems I've been abandoned. It seems I've been betrayed. Will you trust God in those moments? That he will take those dark moments in your life and he'll turn them around. Church, he'll even take those sinful moments, those broken moments where you've brought brokenness into your life, and he'll turn them into a testimony. He'll turn them into a story for someone else. That what you've been through, what you've gone through, that God can use that to bring salvation, to bring redemption, just like he did in Joseph's life. He used all of those painful moments to bring salvation and redemption to Joseph's family. It wasn't just about what God was doing in Joseph's life. It was the people around him. And you and I, we have that same ability. See, because I doubt there's one person in this room, if we went around, that you don't have a painful moment in your life. You don't have a moment where someone close to you has betrayed you. They've turned their back on you. They've said things. People have spoken words that have made you feel worthless. There's not one person in this room that haven't experienced part of what Joseph experienced in different ways. Each of us have had those painful moments in our life where we've begun to wonder, God, where are you at? You've spoken dreams. God, how is any of this gonna come to pass? How are you gonna do something great in my life? God, I feel so worthless and I feel so unloved. See, each of us have been there. And the question is, are you going to trust God in those moments? You have the same option as Joseph. We can hear it in our words sometimes. I I know that sometimes I do that as I go through painful things. I, I look at God and I just say, well, God, I just can't do it. 
I want to let self-pity take over in my life. I want to feel sorry for myself that it's okay for me to just stay in that darkness, that it's okay for me to become a prisoner of the pain in my life instead of seeing what God wants to do inside of me. I hear people say it all the time. Well, that's Joseph, Aaron, but you don't know what I've been through. And yet we see this powerful story of someone that's betrayed by those that are closest to him, that's sold into slavery and God still redeems his story. It doesn't matter what you've been through, church. Don't play the victim in the story of your life. Allow God to make you victorious. Allow God to speak his plans and his purpose so that even in those painful moments, you see how God is orchestrating every single step. For others of you, it's what Joseph could have done. You want to get even. You want to make them feel what you felt. But I'm here to tell you this morning that It doesn't matter what they feel. It's not going to take away your pain. Trying to get back at someone isn't going to relieve what's already taken place in your life. I heard someone say it like this, that envy, that jealousy, trying to get back revenge is like you drinking poison and expecting someone else to die from it. It eats away at the inside of you. And Joseph didn't allow that in his life. He didn't allow that to take over to consume him. He looked at his brothers and he forgave them. And he said, hey, what you meant for harm, what you thought was was horrible, what you were trying to do to hurt me, God has turned all of that around. This is a part of his plan. God has been orchestrating every single step that I've taken. And so the question here this morning, church, is simply this. Do you trust him? Do you trust him with the story of your life? See, Joseph's story was this. Just as we've talked about over the past two weeks, Joseph, if you read the story of his life, it was one of betrayal. There were painful moments. Those closest to him turned their back on him. Joseph's story was one of wrongful imprisonment. He had done nothing wrong, and yet he's thrown into a dungeon for being righteous for not giving in to sin in his life, he's wrongfully imprisoned. His is a story of someone that's forgotten. He's all alone night after night, hoping that the cupbearer will remember him, but he's still there alone in that dungeon cell. And this is Joseph's story. These are the painful moments. But Joseph realizes, God, you have a plan. He doesn't give up. Even as a slave, even as a prisoner, he does not give up. God, you've spoke something greater in my life. God, I truly believe. I don't see it yet, but God, you have made me for more. God said, Joseph, I'm writing a new story with your life. Joseph, you thought it was about betrayal, but it's about salvation. I'm using you to bring salvation for the nation of Egypt, for that whole empire, for your own family, Joseph, everything that you've been through, I'm turning it around. He's a ruler. This young boy that had dreams of one day being great, who's been a slave, who's been in prison, is now second in command of the entire Egyptian empire. God said, Joseph, I'm doing something great with your life. He said, I'm giving you a legacy 
This isn't just about you. This isn't just about you being elevated into a new position. Generation after generation that followed after Joseph, they were alive. They were there because Joseph said, God, I trust you with the plan. I may not see it all right now. It may be painful in moments, God. I may have questions. I may have doubts. But God, I believe you're doing something greater with my story. So you and I, we face that same question, church. I'm here to tell you, you've been made for more. You've been made for more than those painful moments you've been through, than the brokenness you've experienced. God has made you for more. The question is, will you trust him with his plan for your life? And will you see what God can do in turning around your story and making something great? Church, this is, this is what God does. He takes painful moments in our life. And if we trust him, if we will put our life in his hand, he turns all things around and he makes something beautiful even out of the most painful moments in our life. Can we put our hands together once more for these stories of change and transformation? Thanks, you guys. And I want each of us to be able to take a moment and reflect on what God has done in our life. See, as I mentioned earlier, each of us have been through painful moments. We've been through difficult times. There's not one of us in this room that haven't, that have been free of pain or haven't experienced that hurt in our life. But I'm here this morning to tell you that God has a plan for you, that God has a calling for your life. He has a purpose and he wants to do something great through you as you trust him. And so in a moment, as the worship team leads us, as they continue to play, I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand up out of your seat and to come forward to the altar. And I want each of you to write down your story, your testimony. There's not a lot of room, so in one or two words, write what has been that painful moment in your life. What was that hurt? What was that betrayal? Just take a second and write it down. Then I want you to flip it over on the other side that will still be blank. And I want you to write what God is speaking over your life. The hope that you have, the plan that he has for you, what God is doing inside of you. And then don't rush back to your seat. I want you to stay up here. We're going to end this service by celebrating together, by holding these up, all of us, and declaring God's plan and God's faithfulness. Church, would you stand together this morning? And I'm going to ask you to begin to come. Just make your way forward. Grab one of these. Just start to pass them out around the altar. Make sure that everyone has one of these. We want to write down what God is doing in our story, the difference that God is making. Now, church, I want us to do this. If you could still, if you're around the front, if you could come here, we're just going to close singing this song of celebration. And as we do this, I want you to hold up that side of God's plan, what God is doing in your life. And as we sing this together, we're going to celebrate as a church that even through the painful moments, even through what we've been through, that God is rewriting our story. And just like Joseph, he's bringing purpose to that pain. And we can celebrate that God has made us for more. Let's do that. Let's sing this out together. Hold that up and declare God's goodness, God's faithfulness in your life. Sing this with this church.